Welcome everybody to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. We have a fantastic interactive class for you this evening, Stargates of Ancient Egypt. Of course, this is inspired by the recent announcement here of the tour we are doing next February out in Egypt called also Stargates of Ancient Egypt. But um, yeah, I wanted to go into some specifics of what we're going to be covering while we're out there. We have done uh, a couple classes here within the connected universe talking about stargates really around the world we have covered egypt within that as well and uh, i know people are going to probably think oh you're gonna you're gonna talk about the swirl pattern actually in all the material i have this evening i did not include the swirl pattern uh, but you can go back into our other uh, classes and uh, for those listening to the podcast later uh, you can you know go back and listen to those or Come out to the Connected Universe Portal, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Join us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. You get to see the, uh, we call it an interactive class because you get to throw your questions down there. Uh, people in the chat room, of course, talk with each other throughout the class. Uh, you get to see the full presentation, watch the video clips, see all the slides, all of that wonderful stuff every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. live here, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Plus, there's a bunch of other material within that back end, within that membership site. You get monthly Q&A videos. You get all these video blogs. You got all the Egypt material back there, uh, American Southwest videos, uh, the, all the Ireland stuff from this uh, from this coming summer is gonna, going to be going up there. A bunch of articles, a lot, a lot of material back there. And then, of course, you get to join us you know, weekly here. So come join us. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the uh, the class question for this evening. I think there's one thing that I didn't actually uh, bring in as a photo, but uh, but the class question was, what types of lost technology do you think the ancient Egyptians had? And I had uh, several responses here. We'll go ahead and we'll start with Sean's, since uh, he was also the uh, first person to go ahead and join this evening. And uh, thank you, Anne, for connecting the link. Uh, or posting the link, connectinguniverseportal.com. So Sean says, I think the Egyptians were the last civilization to have direct contact and frequent exposure to either interdimensional or alien beings. I believe the ability to dimensionally travel, certain methods of construction, and keys to unlocking some mysteries of the world and universe have been lost to time and to the sands. I absolutely agree. And we're going to see some of that symbolism and a number of the things that we're going to examine this evening. Uh, so Sarah Youssef says, technology utilizing energetic vibration. We're going to see some of that as well. Uh, and uh, stated, I believe they had the knowledge of the Earth's secrets, perhaps levitation. I do think they had the ability to harness natural powers that are lost to us now. You know, kind of interesting, everybody saying, uh, you know, there, there are powers that they had, knowledge that they had that has been lost to time, which is absolutely true because you just look at some of the monuments that they built, the pyramids that they built, uh, just construction methods that absolutely have been lost to time because we are just now building the cranes that could lift up some of these objects or place the objects the, the proper way. And, um, you know, we don't see large cranes like that buried under the sand. So how did they do it? Some other knowledge that they had that, again, has been lost to time. Um, theories on that for another time. I think you guys are aware of some of them, of course. So then Jeanette Kemp 
she said, I know they had advanced medical knowledge for their time. They were performing brain surgery. They have the first prosthetic limb discovered. That's true. Um, and that is, that's a photo I didn't grab it, but I have seen that uh, prosthetic limb. Uh, uh, some of their lost technologies, other lost technologies, I think they could have had our levitation, harnessing power from the earth and alien technologies to name a few. So a um, couple of you mentioned levitation. Uh, we're going to see that in a second. Jeanette uh, mentioned the medical tools. And actually, you do see that at uh, Kamumbo Temple. Uh, you can see here the uh, the hieroglyphics, or I guess hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphic is the adjective. The the actual symbols themselves are hieroglyphs, and you can see those here. Uh, the the drawings and carvings of the different medical tools that they had at that time. So this is one of the temples that we are going to explore during the Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour. Uh, very very cool temple, and. One of the things I really like about this particular temple, uh, you guys, if you've watched the, those that are part of the Connected Universe portal, if you've watched all of that material on the back end, there's like 11 hours worth of, of video footage. And uh, several hours of those are uh, videos from that tour. And you can, uh, and the Kamumbo part, you can actually see us walk through what had been an ancient secret passage is pretty cool. I mean, most of the walls and everything that had been there to hide the secret passage are long since gone, but you can see the outline of it on the ground and how it worked. And it took you into an inner sanctum that held, we're not really sure, it held some sort of idol, magical item, something we don't know because there's a little niche there for an object. Uh, but there was a secret passage to get into it. So uh, Kamumbo is really, really interesting. So the levitation, both Jeanette and Anne mentioned the levitation, and we see that in a number of different places. So uh, I have a, a couple of photos here regarding that. Uh, this is actually from, from Edfu. Now, this is not the levitation itself. Uh, what this is showing is uh, the temple on the ground. So this, um, it's, it's a trapezoidal figure, looks rectangular, but it's a bit trapezoidal. Uh, that is the temple resting on the ground. And then to the right of this next photo, the temple is being levitated. And you see this loop. It looks like it's in a cartouche. Uh, but you see the figure actually has some sort of energetic chain that he's holding and is creating this uh, cartouche around the temple, and it's levitating off the ground. So this is a levitation of the temple. We also see depictions of this at Esna, and here's our friend Johnny Enoch pointing out a similar depiction there uh, at Esna, where you have the cartouche around the, uh, the temple being levitated off the ground. So uh, this is definitely that de depiction of levitation of the entire temple. So uh, fascinating things. And on the Stargates of Ancient uh, Egypt tour, we, we are going to be exploring many, many of these things. So we're going to be talking most specifically Stargates tonight. We'll have a long section on that this evening to start. And then we're going to get into some other places that we're going to explore on uh, next year's tour. A couple of places I haven't yet been. So 
I'm not really going to talk about those. I'll talk about ones that I have been and I have uh, photos and videos for you guys of those locations. Uh, so let's go ahead and check the comments here first. And um, yeah, and stating the story of Coral Castle is also something that makes me think even more that the Egyptians had the power of levitation. Yeah, and Edward Lee Scanlon actually stated that he had discovered the secrets of the ancients. He discovered how they had built the pyramids and he used that technology to build Coral Castle. Uh, that secret has kind of been lost with him. He had some documentation uh, about uh, magnetics. Whether that was seized by the government after he passed, that's always a possibility. Uh, there's just scant pieces that are available to us now. And if you look at uh, old photos, he had this uh, tripod sort of a setup with this black box. We don't really know what was in the black box, but that could have been part of what made this all work. And also people passing by at different times. Notice that he had these two uh, type of cones that he was holding, like stone cones. People said that they looked like ice cream cones. And those also could have been part of what he was using to make these large, large blocks move. So, okay, let's go ahead and get into Stargates of, of Ancient Egypt. And the one I'm going to start with, to, because to me, the setup is really fascinating. Uh, absolutely love this location. I was actually sick as a dog this particular day that we went there. I was suffering hard from dehydration uh, the second week of that trip. So it was June, so it was extremely hot. Uh, you know, not the conditions that are going to be uh, true of our tour next February. And I thought I was drinking enough water, but apparently not. Um, so make sure in Egypt, drink plenty of water. Uh, but yeah, I, I got through the day. It was fantastic. We ended in the uh, uh, the Valley of the Kings, and uh, the the photo that you guys see on my uh, my Facebook and Instagram that I actually use as my profile pic, where I'm kind of like, you know, tipping the the cap that uh, that Johnny Enoch took. Um, I, it's a really good photo. I like it. That was taken at the Valley of the Kings when I was sick, and it's like I don't know how in the world you got a good picture of me that particular day. Uh, but in any case, Hatshepsut's temple. Uh, what's fascinating about this setup, now the uh, proposed stargate is all the way straight back up the stairs and into the Holy of Holies. And we're, kinda, we're going to kind of take a walk into all of this. Okay, so on either side of the staircase, there are uh, two figures, two figures or two statues. One, well, half of one, and then there's a complete one because it's just gone missing over the years. It's been recarved over the years. So here you see it depicted as uh, the falcon, so Horus. But that's not the original carving. It was originally a snake. And in fact, if you look at the right side of this particular photo, you can see the snake tail. Uh, so this was originally a snake. And what's uh, significant about that is the, uh, the snake was the symbol of energy back in ancient Egypt. So this is, and we're going to see this motif throughout this evening. So what's fa fascinating about this is you have the two snakes on either side of the uh, staircase heading straight back up into 
the temple as we get into the Holy of Holies. On the side, on the, let me show you the temple again. So to the left of this temple is the base of what had been a pyramid. And I know several of you who have been with uh, the Connecting Universe portal a while and been taking part of the class have seen this, some of this before. I understand that, but there's there's a point in going through all of this. So this is the, the base of an ancient pyramid that is long since gone. But if you subscribe to the idea that these pyramids were, and Christopher Dunn has his uh, theory of the Giza power plant. So whether or not there was an entire contraption inside generating energy, or some people believe that if not a machine inside of it, that it was still at least harnessing the earth energy power and uh, you know, acting as a device to harness the energy coming from the ground. When we talk about uh, you know, that vortex energy, when we talk about telluric currents, that sort of thing, earth energy, that pyramids, stone circles, obelisks, these sorts of things were able to tap in and harness that energy. So we have a center of energy here on the side of the pyramid. We see the symbolism of the snakes and the energy going straight back up into the temple itself. So I have a short video clip. A uh, little bit has been on, on the Connected Universe portal uh, backside in the member area. Another piece of the clip I haven't shown before. So this is Mohammed kind of describing some of this. This is the title we are looking for. Here the star and the word gate. But here it doesn't say just the star gate, it says great star gate. There is a, a vertical symbol. Can you see the, the symbol gate? Next to it, something like a bin. Okay? That means great. Great star gate. Here when you look at the Hatur, you can see one, the gate above the head. And there are two cobras inside. So we are talking about him very strong energy. So not one cobra like we saw before, there are two. And the, that kind of coil, which is very important for communication, because you need to go to that other dimension with a, a certain kind of knowledge as a guide. You will not go without communication, so you may lose your way and you get lost all the time. Okay, so that last clip there, when he's talking about the two snakes, the two cobras. I don't, I don't know why I didn't pan the camera up to, to show you what he was pointing at. Um, but basically, he's, he's, he's pointing at uh, hieroglyphs, you know, describing the, the usage of the energy uh, of, of the two snakes going back into the, uh, into the temple. And it's interesting to me when he starts talking about um, you know, needing that energy for communication, accessing other dimensions, you know, all of this sort of thing that we've been talking about here for many, many weeks, where we, uh, how many different times we talked about uh, accessing other universes, accessing other dimensions, that sort of thing. And we're seeing that depiction here at Hatshepsut's temple. So now what happens when we go further back into this, uh, this complex? 
So this is the the inner courtyard. Uh, this is just past that uh, area where he was showing uh, the Stargate on the uh, uh, next to the doorway. And there's then the inner sanctum that you can see straight back. There's a passageway into basically the side of the hill is where they uh, carve this out of. Now, you guys have seen this, this photo here coming up before. I get a kick out of this photo because it, the sign says, Dear Tour Guides, kindly don't explain inside this part. We appreciate your cooperation. They do not want the tour guides inside this area telling people what's really going on. But yet, right above this and right above this sign, you see the Stargate symbolism there uh, you know, carved out in the hieroglyphs. So just the, the two signs together just always cracks me up. Now, through that doorway, uh, there are a couple of guards sitting there. They will not let you all the way back, unfortunately. Unless you're Johnny Enoch and you go up there super early away from the group and slip the guy some money before anybody else gets up there, <laughs> which he did. Uh, you know, good on Johnny. So what is beyond there, so this is actually my, uh, my photo. The guards took the photo um, because they'll, what they'll do is they'll lean inside and snap something off like this. But you can see there's even another doorway further back inside. And that room back there is known as the Holy of Holies. It wasn't something that... Um, you know, a, a lot of these things that we see, like in the book of Exodus with Moses, uh, a lot of the symbolism within that, a lot of the objects that they had and they took with them were already being used in Egypt. So the whole idea of the Ark of the Covenant, well, they're already using arcs at the diff, at the different temples, at the different holy sites there, in fact. Uh, and I don't have it queued up here. Uh, but you you can check out my Instagram and Facebook or go into the Connected Universe Portal uh, videos uh, and you can see there's an actual arc in there. It's, it's a small one, um, and that was at Edfu. Uh, Edfu Temple actually has an arc inside uh, the Holy of Holies. So that's where they got these concepts from. It makes sense because if... Um, you know, if you believe that that's where the the Hebrews were for a long period of time, then they would have incorporated a lot of these uh, different concepts into their own religion as well. But in any case, back inside the Holy of Holies here, this is our Stargate room. This is the Stargate itself. And inside there, you have this very, very interesting cartouche filled with stars. So you have all this symbolism of the Stargate leading back into this room where then you have the actual stars in the Stargate. So absolutely fascinating location. We will visit there during the Stargates of Ancient Egypt uh, tour next February. Uh, you guys or whoever's joining us <laughs> will absolutely love that. I was, I was completely fascinated by that uh, temple and what it really means. And 
it's just to me it's a shame i was sick as a dog that day uh because i couldn't appreciate it as much as i as i would have liked to uh, especially i mean you guys know how much i'm into the whole concept of stargates and portals and uh you know utilizing that earth energy to uh whether it's entering altered states of consciousness or uh, you know all these different things let me check your uh comments here so i see uh you know mary haygood's in the house there's connie uh great to see you down there connie and tom mcnicholas is with us as well uh fantastic to see you all down there all right so i'm gonna move on to abydos uh, another location that has uh the, the stargate motif there's a lot going on at abydos fascinating location i keep using that word fascinating right uh, I have a little bit longer of a video clip here to show. Uh, again, Mohammed Ibrahim, uh, who's going to be our guide in, in Egypt next year as well, uh, talking about the Stargate symbolism there at Abydos, but then goes into um, some more information about Osiris. There's a little bit of back and forth there with, with he and, uh, and Johnny. And so I'm going to go ahead and play this clip because some of this symbolism is going to come back into play uh, later on as we get into some other things here. So yesterday, we have seen the world star gate in Karnak Temple. Now we will see the world star gate in Abydos Temple. Sab, and Sab means star and the simple gate. And in the same way, star gate, star gate, star gate, star gate. So if this was just a title, why we don't see it? everywhere next to the name of the king. Why in certain places? Because this is the Stargate, not the other location. So yeah, you've got the Stargates here, and what they're telling you the function of this, and like you're explaining to people with Osiris, and here is a guy that's this depiction of ascension, and what's the, the importance of that? But look over here too, you see that raising of the Dejetkos. The story says Uzir was dead. When you think about dead person, you think about what kind of uh, shape. A dead person is sleeping on the ground. So his backbone and the spine will be flat above the ground, right? So Uzir is going to rise from the dead land. And this is the annual celebration of the priest, of course, and the king will be part of it, to put the, the pillar upright, and that is will be in July to be the something like the Egyptian Christmas. They're going to say, announce that Uzir is alive. So this is the midway of erecting the pillar or the backbone of Uzir. What is the degree? I didn't measure this in a perfect way, but I think it will be 23 degrees. 23 degrees is what? It acts of our planet, yes, Earth uh, angle, because Earth is not, the, the North Pole and the South Pole are not vertical. It is 23, I think, 0.5 degrees. So it is the same degree here. And then when we reach this uh, perfect uh, angle, then we will have North and South will be perfectly aligned to uh, or will be vertical angle, and this will be a beginning of a new cycle of life, a beginning of new civilization, beginning of 
new energies and powers. So when this will be upright like this, we will have what we call it the second scepter. Second again is lotus, huge lotus flower with the giant beam of energy comes out from that lotus. But this energy is not blind. Again, this energy can see. So it is uh, energy with awareness. Think about this, when we talk about the mukkuts, when we talk about that material we talked about, if you have a kundalini awakening, mm -hmm. if you look at DNA, really quickly, what do you see when you see DNA? You see the double helixes, and they have coils around them. So your DNA is an antenna. You have the windings for distance. It has everything on that that looks very similar to this. So when this comes up, and when you have this reawakening of the kundalini, the energy, just like Muhammad said with the lotus, what is it doing on your crown chakra? Mm -hmm. It's expanding your consciousness, you're regenerating, you're reawakening. So keep this in mind, what Muhammad just told you, when you're in the crypts of Dendara and you see the so-called light bulb flip, this is going to be part of the key to decoding it. Yeah, and we are going to look at the... Uh at the supposed quote unquote light bulb there at Dindar a little bit later on uh, this evening. And of course we will uh, visit there during the, the tour as well, but there's a, there's a lot to, to unpack there. You know, it's a, what, a three minute clip, a lot of information there. Uh, and, and some of it uh, was not part of the video blog that, that I had uploaded before. There's so much video that I captured while I was there and I was trying to get those uh, video blogs uploaded uh, on the daily while I was out there, which was difficult because some locations are, are a little bit remote or the internet, the internet connection is terrible. And so, um, you know, creating these videos and they weren't uploading. Uh, but in any case, uh, when he was pointing out the Stargate uh, hieroglyphs there at Abydos, they just said Stargate, which is interesting because at Hatshepsut's temple, it was saying Great Stargate. So there are different levels of these Stargates. We're, we're not really sure exactly what those levels were, but some were greater than others. Uh, there at Hatshepsut's temple, it was one single Great Stargate. There at Abydos, it was three. If each of those rooms off to the side that had the Stargate name... Uh, were the actual stargates themselves. There were three of them, one, two, three. But then you have um, the story there of Osiris in the the jet pillar or the jed pillar. And what's interesting about that, that that symbol is for stability, you know, the backbone of Osiris, like the backbone of Egypt. But it tells a story of rebirth and renewal. And this is something that we see a lot throughout uh, ancient Egyptian symbolism, as well as other esoteric symbolism that we've been studying for a while. If you go back to our ancient symbolism class, which I think was September-ish, somewhere around there, maybe August. But, you know, right right behind me, up the other side, uh, right behind me, you have the, uh, the symbol of the uh, Ouroboros, which is the constant renewal, constant, uh, you know, recycling of, of energy. And so this is something that we see in, in ancient Egypt as well. And we're going to be seeing this throughout. Uh, now, Johnny mentioned, uh, you know, the Mufkuts. So this is the idea of monoatomic gold, which is a, a fine white powder that uh, they would actually consume. And some believe that they would consume these things, uh, whether as a powder form or as white cakes.
before actually entering into uh, the Stargates, you know, or at least into like the Holy of Holies or into some of these more uh, iconic and religious uh, locations, you know, to be able to uh, to be able to harness some of that that energy. So the idea, you know, even if they're not using the Stargate to go to some, you know, location, you know, other location in the galaxy per se, uh, that they would still at least be using that to uh, to take in the energy of the Earth and be able to either heal themselves. Uh, it's believed that this is one of the things that helped to create long life. You know, in ancient times, you go back into these, you know, ancient texts, and they're talking about people living for, you know, thousands of years. Um, of course, in the Bible, the longest was 969, but in other ancient texts, like from ancient Sumer, these guys were living even longer. So it's believed that this, you know, monoatomic mono white gold, the Mufkuts, uh, were actually... Uh, was actually part of that catalyst to prolong life, to heal the body, and to uh, to help harness that energy that you get out of the ground, and also to help transport through the Stargates. And so there is symbolism for that at Abydos, and this is one of those uh, one of those white cakes that they talk about. It, it shows up in the hand as uh, kind of this cone shape. Uh, this tall, this tall cone like this. We we played a video clip a few weeks back of of Muhammad at a uh, a small temple of Isis, but it's in the doorway headed heading into uh, that temple, which is uh, you know very fascinating because that's a uh, that that was a temple without a stargate, but it had a very very interesting holy holies within it. So it's still one of those things that okay, we're going to take this and enter the the temple. Abydos being a location for a possible Stargate, uh, or actually three Stargates, uh, makes a lot of sense you, because of all these different things that are there within the temple. So you have the three Stargates, you have the uh, symbolism here with the Mufkuts. This is also the location that uh, on one of the lintels in the uh, in the entrance hall for for lack of a better term i don't know the proper terminology of that particular room but right when you first walk in uh you look up this is the temple that has the lintels or i'm sorry that on the lintel has the symbols that a lot of people believe are you know one's a helicopter one looks like a tank another looks like a plane or even a spaceship sort of thing um so it's very controversial as to what these symbols are but some of them do look rather modern. We've done close-up examinations of, of these before, so I'm not going to dive into all of that here. Just to kind of point out, this is a significant location that has a lot going on within it. Also there at Abydos is the most extensive king's list in Egypt. So this was an important temple. Uh, the, the ancient Egyptians recognized that this was an important place. So they uh, had this very, very extensive king's list uh, on the walls. In fact, this is just a, a small portion of it. You can't get the whole thing in the camera. And then back behind the Abydos Temple is the location known as the Osirion. Now, this predates 
Abydos Temple. There are no hieroglyphs within this. Uh, this is what people refer to as pre-cataclysmic Egypt. Now, mainstream academia will try to put this uh, within dynastic Egypt, but uh, it predates it just like we see uh, other locations there, you know, like on the Giza Plateau uh, with the pyramids and some of the, uh, the ancient temples within that area that don't have any, any of the symbolism on it. Those are the locations that are the, the pre-cataclysmic days. Those are the ones that go back you know, like 10,000 years or even longer. Now, I say there are no hieroglyphs here on the Osirion, but what makes this location even more fascinating is within it, there is the carvings of the Tree of Life. Now, where these came from, how they ended up there, nobody knows. It's the only symbols in the whole, in the whole thing. Uh, and we would generally... In, in this whole complex, we would generally consider this, you know, by our standards, a more modern type of a symbol. Or I'm sorry, not the tree of life, the flower of life. <laughs> um, we would consider this a, a more modern type of a symbol, but yet we see it here within the structure that is the oldest there in this entire complex between Abydos and the Osirion. It, it's the it's a structure that is the oldest. And yet here we're seeing what we generally consider a, a newer type of a symbol, the flower of life. So a lot of mysteries there to, to uncover at Abydos. Yosirion is, is on the docket as well. We weren't able to go down there last time. So I am looking forward to that this time. Uh, Mohammed tried. You know, he talked to the guys and they were like, nah, you're, you're not going down there uh today unfortunately so um guess we, di we didn't have enough money that day to grease their palms that's what it comes down to a lot of times um which is it's the way things work over there you you want to get into a certain location how much how much money are you going to to fork out you know i mean uh, people do climb up you know the great pyramid of giza you have to you have to know the right person, pay the right amount of money, and do it at a specific time, uh, very, very early in the morning, and you can get up there. Um, it's it's doesn't happen as often these days as it used to a while back, uh, but you can work it out. Okay, so let me check the comments down here. Um, so... Anne is asking, yeah, Tom, the Mufkut's ancient cocaine. Kind of looks like that, huh? Um, okay. Anne is asking, was the Osirion filled with water? If you, uh, if so, do you know how high up? So it didn't used to be filled with water. You know, this is, let me bring the photo back up here. Um, I mean, this is a far more ancient temple. Uh, it's... It has water in it now because of the change in the water table over, you know, 10,000 plus years. Uh, but back in the day, uh, when they actually used this, you know, water, water was not within it. So uh, it, depending on the time of year and, and things like that, you can access more of it or less of it. But it'll be fascinating to get down in there. I, I love going into the more ancient areas. 
Okay. So our last uh, Stargate that we're going to to look at here, and there are others, like Mohammed mentioned in the in the Abydos clip, uh, you know, seeing the symbolism for Stargates at Karnak. And I don't have that loaded up here. Uh, but one of the first places that we went to, actually was the first place that we went to last year, and I think it's kind of in the middle next year in our uh, itinerary, Dasher. So this has um, this has the Bent Pyramid, this has the Red Pyramid, uh, a couple other little ones off to the side. Uh, so this location, this uh, the Red Pyramid in a lot of ways looks like the Great Pyramid of Giza, but um, it's it's a lot smaller. <laughs> but if you just look at this photo, somebody would probably say, "Oh yeah, that's the," but it's not. And then uh, here's the. Uh, the bent pyramid as well. The bent pyramid is actually the first one that we went into. And um, that actually has a steeper shaft to go down into it than the Great Pyramid of Giza. Great Pyramid of Giza is much bigger. It's a much longer shaft to go down into the uh, subterranean chamber. But the one here at the bent pyramid is is at a steeper angle. So it's a, it's a tougher go of it. And what's, what's interesting is you go uh down into it and then back up um and around and then you can get to the uh the middle area and, and see what's inside it's not the point of what what we're talking about this evening um i just want to show you that at this location with these two pyramids to the west and it's right there because there's a road that goes right next to all of this um from that road you have the uh, the pyramids on on the east right there within walking distance it's like there's a parking lot and then you walk to the pyramids but on the left side of this road and you can kind of see the fence in the background of this photo this is one of these uh little tiny uh pyramids that's back behind the bent pyramid but you can kind of see the outline of the fence back there on the side of the road that is an Egyptian military installation, which is referred to as Egypt's Area 51. There are rumors and stories that there is an operating Stargate that is within there. And it's supposed to be, from my understanding, round in nature, and it's almost like a it's almost like a light show that plays on the ground, like a um, almost like a kaleidoscope sort of thing. If my understanding is correct from the stories that I've heard, some of that may just be legend and stories. But what is for sure back beyond that fence is an interesting area that is closed off. It's historic, um, but we can't get to it anymore because it's within the military installation. So all we have are some old historic photos. And Mohammed posted these some weeks back. And I believe this this oval thing that you kind of see there, that's that's supposed to be the Stargate. This is a little bit different because it's actually in the ground. Well, you can see other things within here. Um, you know, there's like some large, I don't know if that's an altar or something back there. Uh, you know, these these rocks are cut extremely straight. 
if you look around the enclosure, this is going to be what, what we're referring to as pre-cataclysmic because so you don't see any hieroglyphs. You know, it is just, these are bare walls, very large blocks, and then you have that very, very interesting circular hole in the ground. So this would have been, uh, you know, before the dynastic Egyptians. And you can uh, kind of see the ramp to go down into the area here. A very, very fascinating area. And this is part of what they call, in, in, in this photo here, you can see the, the two pyramids peeking up in the background. The red, pyramid, the red pyramid would be on the left there, and then the bent pyramid uh, would be on the right between those two, two peaks that you see. Again, can't get in there, uh, can't visit it. It's just legend and rumors that come out of that as far as what they've, um, what they discovered. Now, some people have made posts that long ago, I've made posts, but have, I guess, reported uh, in some various articles and what have you that, uh, that a while back, and I don't know how long ago, sometime after these photos were taken, uh, that they weren't taking very good care of it and it become littered and there's a lot of trash in there and what have you. But again, more modern times now, it sounds like they've figured out what it was used for and maybe actually how to actually use it themselves if they're talking about these different colors and things coming out of this. So again, kind of take it with a grain of salt as far as if that is a Stargate being used, but it sounds like it was one at least back in the day. So, all right. We spent the first 45 minutes of the class going through the actual stargates of ancient Egypt, and there's more. Um, now, something that really fascinated me last year as we went through all these different areas was seeing the right in front of your eyes a blatant symbolism for stargates. And then getting an idea of how uh, the ancient Egyptians utilized energy and how they would have had these different things set up to be able to harness that and then be able to access uh, the different stargates for a variety of different reasons. So other locations that we're going to, going to go to through the Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour next year. So now we'll get to the tour part of it. Just kind of give you a little preview here for the last 15 minutes. Of course, we are going to hit the uh, Great Pyramid of Giza. We are slated to uh, to go inside that for a couple hours ourselves. So that's on the docket, uh, as well as the uh, the Great Sphinx. So uh, yeah, I absolutely loved my time inside the Great Pyramid last year. And uh, for those that join us, I will show you what I discovered within there because you know Muhammad is I mean he's he's lived in Egypt his whole life has been doing the tours there for over 20 years um he's he's written books he's you know he is steeped in all of this and there's the whole setup of that coffer inside the great pyramid the way it's set up the way it's carved all of that there's some things that I pointed out to him and he was like I never noticed that before <laughs> so it's like wow okay I was 
I was a little impressed by myself <laughs> because here's something that, you know, my first examination of it, and he's been doing it for 20 years. And yeah, so, um, so I'll show everybody that it's, it's quite interesting. And then the, uh, the great Sphinx, we weren't able to get in between, uh, the pause of that last time around, uh, we're supposed to this time around and, um, and that would be absolutely fascinating. So Victoria, my co-host is from Edge of the Rabbit Hole, uh, asked me last night, because we were talking about it a little bit. Uh, she was like, so, you know, can we get down into one of the secret chambers, you know, under the Sphinx? And it's like, I would love to, um, but, you, you know, I, my, my name's not Sahih Hawass, so I <laughs> we won't be able to make that happen. Uh, but get between the pause there, check out the Dream Stella, all that stuff. Uh, is going to be amazing. Uh, there's also Saqqara. This is the step pyramid. And um, yeah, this has a really cool, and I didn't bring up the photo for it, uh, but the interior, when, when you go through the, uh, basically it's the robber's entrance, and also with the with the Great Pyramid of Giza, you go through a robber's entrance. You know, because you had all these, you know, people that were trying to rob the riches out of, uh, you know, these different buildings, and they're not finding anything. <laughs> you know, they didn't find anything inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. They didn't find anything uh, inside the Step Pyramid because they weren't used for, you know, weren't used as tombs. Uh, and that's, it's really a, a disingenuous misnomer by, you know, mainstream academia is saying that these were used for tombs when they weren't. Uh, you know, people did rob the tombs. They were in the Valley of the Kings, and they took all kinds of riches, you know, out of those tombs, uh, which is really tragic. And the only the only reason why we have all the riches out of uh, Tutankhamun's tomb is because the entrance was uh, sealed up and hidden. It seems to be by uh, you know, some people figured out that it was most likely a freak rainstorm. You think this is a desert area? You know, the the ground is not really going to soak in the water. And so this runoff, uh, you know, containing all this stone and mud and, you know, that sort of stuff just basically covered the tomb entrance and it couldn't be found. Uh, so that's why we actually retain those riches and the others, you know, were wide open for people to take, unfortunately. And usually it was the workers that had built the tombs that went back later and, and stole and stole the riches, uh, but also there at the uh, Saqqara complex, um, back behind this down the hill, uh, you have the Serapium, which are these massive, massive. They say they're sarcophagi for Apis bulls. No bulls were ever found. So, what exactly were they used for? Uh, some people believe regeneration chambers. I, I honestly you know, am not sure on that, if, if I ascribe to that. Others say that um, they were batteries, that uh, since it was down the hill from the Saqqara uh, Step Pyramid, that it was batteries to, to power this thing up. I don't know if I subscribe to that one either. But there's something... Very, very interesting going on here because 
just to try to get those down inside there. I mean, just physically, there's there's no room to move around. That to me, that's the fascinating part is how did they get these massive, massive, massive blocks of granite down into there and then maneuvered the right way when there's no room to move? Um, it just, it doesn't make any sense when you look at it. So uh, that's another place that, that we're going to examine. And then uh, Dindara Temple. So uh, love Dindara Temple. Uh, very, very beautiful. Uh, you can see, look, I mean, look at the ceiling. You see those blues. Uh, the, the color is just absolutely amazing. Uh, it's a temple of Hathor. And we we do see uh, Hathor in a number of different places that, that we went to. But this is the legendary Dendara light bulb. And Johnny referred to that in our earlier clip. So these are these are not light bulbs. I know a lot of people would like to, you know, it's it's one of those kind of conspiracy theory things that like, oh, they had light bulb back in, you know, ancient Egypt. And they may have had a type of energy that powered electric light. We see uh, there are some ancient batteries um, that have been discovered in, in other parts of the ancient world. But really what we're seeing here. Uh, remember, we referred to it earlier, the snakes represent energy. So people, you know, will say, well, you know, those are filaments within the light bulb. Well, we at least know that they're energy, but really the light bulb shape around them, you know, you got to remember, we're seeing it in the context of, you know, our, of our reality, of our modern times. What do we relate it to? where their context is going to be a little bit different. So really what we're seeing here is more of an energy field. So could that energy field have had a glow about it? Sure, that's absolutely possible. So there is, sure, you know, maybe it worked as a light bulb in the fact that we could see the glow of the energy. But let's, let's take it a step further. What else do we have in here? Well, at the very end of these, you know, supposed light bulbs, um, those are actually lotus flowers. You you can see the petals of the lotus flowers opening. We see the lotus flower all over uh, ancient Egypt. You know, you have not only is it in a number of the friezes and motifs, but you have you know pillars of temples that are carved into the shape of the lotus flower. And this is the idea, uh, the, it's a symbol of rebirth within ancient Egypt. Lotus flower is rebirth. And you know, we see that a lot because, you know, remember, uh, ancient Egyptians are very, very interested in the afterlife. So when you pass, you need to take that journey onto the constellation of Orion. So you're, you're being born into another life, that that idea of rebirth after your death into uh, into your next life, and to go on to the constellation of of Orion. So you have the rebirth, you have the energy, and then you see here the Jed pillar again. Remember, this is the idea of um, the the backbone of Osiris the uh the, st the stability so you have osiris and you can see the arms here too 
right? So the backbone of Osiris, the stability of him, you know, lifting up and holding this energetic field of rebirth. And where are these, where are these snakes pointing to? Where are they going? You know, they're pointing upward. Um, it, it's an, it's a fascinating study. What's also interesting about this is that on the wall just behind it, and, and you're inside this narrow passage, it's very, very hard to take that photo. I could not, th th it's actually not my photo. <laughs> this was taken by uh, Mohammed's, Mohammed's son, uh, Adham. Uh, his his uh, phone had a little bit of a, of a wider angle, I guess, uh, and mine didn't. So I couldn't get the whole thing on my phone, but he could with his because you, you can only back up so far. You're in this narrow passage. But on the other wall is another one single of these quote-unquote light bulbs. So very, very fascinating study. And, and people could examine that thing uh, at length for a long, long time. Um, so this is kind of what we see here, though, with the with the stargates. We see a lot of this other type of symbolism uh, along with it. Like we saw right there at Abydos, the three stargates, and then we saw the symbolism of the Jed Pillar, which we're seeing here again at uh, Dendera. So what exactly were the stargates used for? I think they were used for several different things. Traveling to another place in space-time, are they actually physically traveling uh, to the uh, to the constellation of Orion? You know, the Sirius stars. You know, that's where they believe they that we had come from. Did they actually have a physical connection back there? Could they walk into these stargates and actually go there, like out of the movie Stargate? Possibly. Um, I believe that they were able to enter into altered states of consciousness. Through that, they were able to heal. It's kind of the idea of the muff cuts again. Uh, so I think they were able to do a lot of different things with these stargates. And it just wasn't one singular thing. It wasn't just a portal to travel, but it was a portal to be able to do a lot of different things. You know, could they could they actually time travel and look at different moments in time? I think that's a possibility as well. So I think it's just a matter of what they're actually specifically trying to do. So you see there, you know, the, um, you know, the idea of rebirth and going on to, you know, the, uh, uh, the afterlife, you know, which again was a big part of their culture. So was that part of their examination within the Stargate was to, if not physically travel, but be able to project the consciousness there. I think that's a possibility as well. So you guys have a lot of comments flowing in here uh, in the chat. So uh, let's go ahead and see what you guys have. Victoria popped in. Great to see you, Victoria. Um, all right. Uh, Jeanette saying teleportation. Yep. Um, so Tom thought something, what were we looking at here when you thought, uh, are they about to collapse? Is there a danger there? Are we looking at the Osirion? Because I see you, Anne had a uh, comment about the Osirion there. So there are areas, I mean, you're talking about ancient structures um, that, you know, they've had to do some work on to restore and, uh, you know, make it safe for people to, to get into. You, you're not going to, 
during our tours, you're not going to walk into anything that's, you know, unsafe and you're going to get injured or anything like that. You know, people do, you know, ask and wonder about safety at these locations, you know, as far as, hey, you're in an old structure, um, you know, is it going to fall on me? It's not going to fall on you. It's been standing there for, you know, you know, four or five, 10,000 years. And uh, they've done a lot to, to make these safe for the tourists and people to come in. And then people wonder about, you know, kind of like political safety. Um, you know, are, you know, are we going to get robbed or mugged or shot or anything like that? And, you know, we were completely safe the whole time. You'll have some pushy salesmen, you know, um, when you walk in and out of these places, you have the vendors that are set up there. You kind of walk the gauntlet uh, as guys come up to you and they want to sell you something. Um, that was probably the most dangerous <laughs> moments. Those were the most dangerous moments that we had, you know, where the, the guys trying to sell you stuff. Um, but, you know, our, our security was, was perfectly fine. You know, we, we never had to worry about our physical safety uh, whatsoever. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's not a, it, it's not an issue. And I've had people, um, you know, that are interested in the tour, you know, that are wondering about, you know, the safety of the world right now with, you know, stuff going on with Ukraine and all that. And, um, I mean, personally, uh, you know, everybody needs to make their own decision. I'm personally fine with traveling. We're not going anywhere near the Ukraine. So I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, we didn't have any problems with, uh, when we were there with all the craziness with COVID, uh, the, the last time we were there, everything was good. So, all right, let me see if there's any last minute questions down here. Oh, there was one more clip I wanted to play, uh, cause we are going to visit Elephantine Island. Elephantine Island has another story. I love Elephantine Island. So, uh, and Tom says, but they, but they won't let you pick up and save rocks for collecting. Um, that is something that is, that is a no, no. Um, I do have a little piece of something back here for you, Tom, because I did promise you something, uh, very, very small because they are picky like that. Um, but I, I, I have a little something for you next time I see you, but, um, let me go ahead and play this last clip. And, and some of you will recognize it, but it'll be new for those that, uh, have not been with us as long. This is this is Johnny talking about the Stargates there at uh, Elephantine Island. We'll, we'll end up with this and I'll, I'll come back and say goodbye here at the end. We're standing in Elephantine Island here in Egypt on the Nile around Aswan. And behind me is an alleged Stargate. Now this was first pointed out to me by Brian Forrester who said, don't you think it's interesting, Johnny, that here's a gate that was on some kind of energy grid where we have this whole island made of rose granite that's resonating with this kind of energy. And it's almost as if during the cataclysm, something was triggered on this grid or this area where the core just sort of exploded and the whole place just was decimated. This, take a look at this. When you look up at this thing, it's been pieced together, but something came through here that was so powerful that it blew the whole place to pieces. And I mean, we see all kinds of magnificent structures made of granite over there. Now, again, why is that significant? Well, rose granite and granite are contained with silica, which is where we get silicon microchips from, which are a great insulator and conductor of electromagnetic energy. And of course, when we see why that's important to this place, it was literally loaded with energy. 
Lastly, one of the kings who was obsessed with stargates and actually had it in front of his names was Thutmose III. And of course, we see his temple and his fingerprint right next to this site. And we know he was fascinated by Elephantine Island. Check it out. Yeah, so Elephantine Island uh, is a location, depending on which story of the travels of the Ark of the Covenant uh, you believe in, it is possibly one of the temporary resting places of the Ark of the Covenant. And the tradition in, in that line of study is that it was there at Elephantine Island for 400 years. And you can actually take a look at the... Uh, uh, the place where it would have been stored if it had been there. So a uh, very, very cool place. And what is interesting about that, like what Johnny was saying, um, you know, you have this structure that's built up there that was a possible Stargate. And everything on the other side of it has been totally blown to bits. Everything's been knocked over, torn down, absolutely crazy. So it looks like some sort of energy blew through, if it, if it was a Stargate, blew through that um, and knocked everything on the other side of it down while you still have the, the doorway to the Stargate there, but of course, inoperable now. All right, everybody, that is it for Stargates of Ancient Egypt. For those listening to the podcast later, please join us Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock p.m., connecteduniverseportal.com. You get to actually you know watch the video clips. You get to see all the slides, the whole presentation, of course, all the other great information and videos on the membership site at connecteduniverseportal.com. So, you know, join us. And of course, uh, those members that are with us this evening, you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. Next week, we're going to be talking about, I wanted to do it this week, but I didn't have enough time to get the information together. And it was like, you know what? We have the tour, the ancient, uh, the ancient Stargates of, I'm sorry, the Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour that we just announced here. Uh, let's, let's cover that. And then we'll get back to next week, anti-universes in mirror worlds. So um, it's interesting. There's some fascinating information out there. We're going to take a look at uh, some of that stuff next week. So all right, everybody, you have a great night. Till next time, if time really exists.